Welcome to the Women in Technology podcast. My name is Sly Gittins, and this series is aimed at amplifying the stupendous, the amazing women that's inside of the technology field. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this podcast. Welcome to Tech Simplified, and my name is Sly Gittins. I got the one and only Regina Manfredi, Executive VP and General Manager at Crayon. If you don't know about Crown, you're about to learn about this fantastic company and most importantly, this fantastic lady. I don't want to steal any more of your thunder, Regina. Can you tell me how you got started into tech and a little bit more about your background? Sure. First of all, Sly, I want to thank you for the opportunity to be on your podcast. Um, I'm pretty impressed at what a great job you've done with your podcast up to this date. So it's an honor to be here. Um, I'd say I started in tech um, in the eighth grade when I went to computer camp um, and spent a week and wanted to learn more and was really excited about uh, what I was learning and and, um, who I met and and all of the experiences that I had there. And so um, from there, I... um, started at university uh, as a business analyst in a business analyst role, which really was the genesis behind uh, all things data, right? And um, writing COBOL and Pascal, and I know I'm dating myself a little bit there, um, but I have to be honest with you, my brain uh, was, was challenged at times. So while I stayed fascinated with tech, uh, that it was it was a challenge for me that interfered quite frankly with my social life at school. I'll be I'll be really transparent and honest with you about that. So um, I took some of my skills around public speaking and around speech and debate and decided that I would sell technology and went to work at Xerox pretty soon after I graduated university. And so that started it. Um, and, and I really enjoyed what I learned in terms of how to sell at Xerox. I learned back then about, um, about a different type of technology than Microsoft technology today, but definitely networking and things along those lines. And so that was really the springboard and the catalyst. Spectacular. Um, again, it's, it's pretty amazing that pivot you had to make and uh, um, moving from Xerox into here. So that's got to be a uh, had to be a big jump, right? You know, making that switch um, and changing that career. Your like, can you talk about really quickly what was going through your mind when you made that that um, that change? It was, you know, my time at Xerox was really good, and yeah. in in the history lesson for you here, uh, in in the mid to late nineties, Microsoft was really starting to take off. You know, Windows. Um, was something that we were all beginning to experience. And I had a friend who left Xerox and went to work at a company, Software Spectrum. And Software Spectrum was a really large uh, reseller of Microsoft. And so the the journey was about, hey, I want to go work at Microsoft someday. So I'm going to go learn as much as I can. And so it was about making a transition for learning and making sure that I could best position myself to join Microsoft someday. But to be honest, I love the, uh, the fast paced entrepreneurial spirit of the channel 
And so I stayed in the channel this whole time. Um, I had an opportunity long time ago to go work at Microsoft and I actually chose to stay in the channel because I wanted to maintain that entrepreneurial spirit. And just like back in college when it was like, okay, I can either be very, very technical tech centric or I can continue to be um, a catalyst for change with technology in the channel space. Yeah. That, that was the same decision. It was easy for me. I was like, no, I'm gonna let the really brilliant people who are, are driving the technology do their thing. I want to be part of the sales motion and helping customers transform their businesses. And so that started a long time ago for me, over 20 years ago. And so just being an extension of, um, you know, of, of Microsoft initially, and then uh, down the road, even with other uh, cloud solutions providers, that's been the most fun is getting the customers uh, modernized along through this journey. Because way back then, we, we literally would get office in a box and we would put them on pallets and shrink wrap them and ship it to a customer who had to then deal with all of the discs and the CDs and the certificates uh, to manage their licensing. And so quite a different environment today and it's always been changing and that's been a lot of fun. That's amazing. I think you talk about something that is really pivotal, I mean, critical there, right? You had a dream, right? Um, going to Microsoft initially, you took a chance to learn right? Bet on yourself, because that's what I heard there. You bet on yourself that I could go learn this. Realize when you got to the, the new place, it's like, I kind of like the speed. I like the atmosphere. I like um, what I'm currently doing. So yeah, you know, I could go to Microsoft, but I'm going to lose that atmosphere I like, that energy that I like. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's uh, that's really critical if anyone's out there listening. If you in that move, you know, it's okay to take those, those not even risks, those chances or opportunities to learn. That's something I did the same. Like I came out of school at the University of Buffalo. I ended up going to um, Office of Emergency Management in Brooklyn as a um, network engineer intern. Um, realized I hated network engineering, right? I hated being in the, the data room by myself. No one's there to talk to, just me and the server. And I'm like, this is not for me. You know, I, I'll spend more yeah, I spent more time hanging out with the help desk reps, right? Oh, and yeah. learning and understanding, like talking to the people and solving the problems from there. So I ended up taking a pay cut and becoming a tech support rep at Ingram Micro, like a, a distributor for IT. And I loved it, you know, because I knew the opportunity that, you know, Ingram got trained by all the, the, um, the, the big companies and small companies. And you get to learn more about the business faster. Um, and you get to play at a more enterprise level. And I got to leverage my skill set because I went to school for marketing and IT. But then I realized early on, like I could be a really good engineer, but that wouldn't be what I wanted to do. Like I wanted to kind of have the ability to do both. And, you know, my from my guidance counselors or career counselors to my managers, like you can't, you guys, you got to pick one. But I was able to find roles like product marketing managers, which technical product marketing managers, um, technology consultants. Like my role now as a partner technology strategist is half and half. And um, and those those skill sets helped me today. So I'm glad I was able to stay on a path similar to you. So I'm excited. And this goes perfectly in our next question. How did how have your personal experiences and your challenges as a woman in tech in, in the industry helped and crafted and molded your leadership style? 
You know, that's that's a really good question. Um, I, I would just tell you what what as a woman in tech, and you just you just can't deny the statistics. Um, we represent about twenty percent of the workforce, broadly speaking, across all um, technology uh, leaders and ISVs in the market, as well as across the channel. And I'd say that the number one, if I were to to really reflect and think back about it, finding my voice and having the guts to share it in a constructive and meaningful way has always really served me well. And also I would say the other thing was being around other leaders who supported female leaders um, and were supportive of having a gender diverse um, organization was helpful. You know, the, the CEO at Software Spectrum at the time that I was there was a lady by the name of Judy Odom. And it was more important, her leadership style demonstrated that it was more important to have each other's back no matter what, but to be a loyalist and have the voice to say, hey, um, I think we are not doing this right. And if we consider these three things or these two things or changing this one thing, this can be the catalyst to help us be better. And um, she taught us that. And I watched both the, the men and the women in the organization working together in that way that um, was, you know, mutual respect and um, respectfully challenging either, each other at times really left an imprint on me. Um, and, and genuinely caring about the people that you work with and for mattered. And so, you know, Sly, I would say that I've been other places that that, that wasn't the case. And it didn't work that way at the top and it didn't work that way at the top down. And so having had that experience really kind of created a, that thumbprint or that fingerprint of like the code of, of how um, I wanted to operate because I wanted to continue that. It felt familial in a way yeah. and um, it, it really resonated. And it's when you find the right place to work where there's energy and um, everyone feels like they're on the same team and, and moving forward together, exciting things happen and get done. And so um, that's certainly something that I'm, I'm carrying heavy in my heart here at Crayon and making sure that as we transform, as we grow, um, everybody's got each other's back and that we're listening. We're really listening uh, to our customers, to our partners, to our customers so that that were better. And I learned all of that from others. So it's about taking what you learn from the great leaders, learning from the bad ones too, what not to do. That's equally as important, but, um, you know, listening to the feedback and, and responding to make sure that um, you're, you're doing the right things. And then your career just naturally takes off. It wasn't something that I said, Hey, this is what I got to go do. It just, it just happened. And then the other thing that I would tell people is I've been part of several acquisitions and mergers and I'm, there's a ton of M&A activity going on in the market right now, a ton. And I'm sure there's more ahead for all of us, right? But whoever can 
adapt the fastest wins. And the people who resist and try to identify everything that's wrong with something rather than um, seeking first to understand, assuming positive intent and, and diving in and just saying, okay, well, this is what it is, let's go. Um, the ones who adapt the fastest have a tendency to go farther faster because everyone else is stuck in the change curve. And so um, in a post COVID era, I would tell anyone, male or female, adapt as fast as you can because I, I firmly believe adaptability is more critical. Your, your adaptability quotient is more important than your emotional IQ. You just dropped a gem right there that can't be overlooked because I think especially after COVID, we had to adapt to new terrains, right? We went from in-person where I would conduct these type of interviews face-to-face. I would have flew out to you and I'd have set up and we would have did it that way. But now it made it common where we can have this conversation here. And I saw an opportunity to do that. And, you know, everyone says no one's going to sign up for these things. Um, as a male, why would you want a woman in tech podcast? I'm like, well, I'm an ally. It's like, I'm, you know, it's make long as I'm sincere and I make sure I make it about the people that as joining, um, I can do it. And the good thing I did, right. You know, because it's, that's where we're going. That's where we are now. Right. So being able to pivot, even when AI, I got a more of a security background. The first thing I did once I even heard about, I mean, um, chat GPT barred, I went and learned it. You know, I went to go, I got data, I got data science for business. Most of it goes over my head, right? But I'm learning that. <laughs> I got a, I end up getting me like a mentor um, or a coach that can help me kind of peel back the onion to know how a business can transform with the AI instead yeah. of using it more as a practitioner. Um, I just jumped right in, even with security. I remember I was a VMware engineer and I'm like, man, this VMware just bought Carbon Black. Why are they going into security? And I started reading more articles and articles and everyone will talk about security. I'm like, what's the biggest weakness in my game? I have no security experience. Either someone's going to tell me to learn it or I can go learn it right now on my own. And that's always kind of been my, my gift is I try to go where before I need to go. So then I can kind of set the parameters on how I want to learn. Um, and that's been probably one of the best things that helped me. So I know I definitely agree with adaptability because I get so much apprehension of why chat GPT is bad. Then I see my friends, I'm like, it could have solved that problem for you right now. Yep. Yep. Like, like one of my friends can't, he's not a good writer. I'm like, dude, just write, have it right for you. Your manager doesn't care. You know, as long as you make sure it's right, you know, don't put any proprietary information in there now, but uh, right. it can definitely help you with writing that sentence, right? To make it a lot better because this guy's a really good engineer. Um, then once he did it, he was like, man, this is great. So I like, told you, like, just go and, you know, and just try it before you kind of, you know, you, you don't get the apprehensive. But that goes into a question. So you mentioned um, the next question. It, you mentioned that adaptability was your number one for everyone. But from mm -hmm. your, I mean, it was the number one area that you would focus on, right? But from your vantage point as a leader, um, your experiences, What's the most pressing issues that women face today in technology? Um, you know, I think that um, they aren't finding their voice. Okay. And women, and I don't think it's just tech. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's just women in leadership in general. Okay. 
we're, we are um, raised to be pleasers. We are inherently, for those of us who have children, we have a nurturing um, disposition in many ways, um, especially once you have kids and, and other people's lives are truly your responsibility. And, um, and so it's, it's challenging at times to find your, find your voice and take those opportunities to truly lean in or ask for a seat at the table. I, I'm, I'm amazed sometimes because there have been a number of mentoring sessions that I've had through uh, WeCan, which is a, a executive advisory board for women in the channel. And I've got several folks that I mentor through that program. And it's the second guessing to make sure everybody's happy and to make sure everybody's um, okay and whatnot has a tendency for women to hold back in certain situations and not take those risks. And I think that that's really one of the biggest challenges. They know what to do, but there's a concern of, am I, am I gonna say the right thing? Am I not gonna say the right thing? And they just end up not even taking the risk. And I've had a number of people raise their hand and say, I really wanna go into management or I really want to go into leadership. And I've said, well, who have you told in your company? Who have you told that to? Eight times out of 10, nobody knows. And if an organ, if you sit quietly on the sidelines, nobody knows you want to get in the game. And so I think really taking that bold step, and you said something really smart. You got yourself a mentor, right? You got yourself a coach. Um, I would highly encourage people to do that because I think a lot of a lot of women hold back. And then sometimes we have different points in our careers where we got to step back because of the people that are under our roof. Um, I've done it. I've made that tough decision. And so, but, but I'd say telling somebody in the company that can help foster that growth is really a critical first step that a lot of people just don't do. And I definitely agree with that. Like finding your voice and sharing what's your roadmap, being mm -hmm. proactive about that. And it, it can be scary. Um, cause you don't know, is that, you know, sometimes you might have, will that make me make the manager feel like I don't like my current role, but it's not it's actually showing the manager. You want to continue to grow within the company. And ultimately that's what you want. And to be honest, from a business perspective, from a leader, the, the lower you can lower churn, the better. Anyway, let's people you got to hire, you got to mold, you got to train. So for the business is actually helpful. So Thing one thing you shared with me, you may not remember when you told me, like Sly, if you really want to move up an organization, you got to get yourself a sponsor. That was, mm -hmm. my, that was my only homework. I know I could read a hundred more books, which I will anyway. Um, but you know, you said to get a sponsor, and that's what I did. I found, I, I took my time, I made sure to reach out. It was a little bit nerve wracking because you don't you can't go to someone and say, "Hey, will you be a sponsor?" Right. You know, I had to take some time to figure out who I had a good relationship with, was. But before I did that, where do I want to go? You know, where can they help? What doors can they unlock? What homework did I do on my own, right? So that was something I also would share with everyone. Like, know the difference between a mentor and a sponsor, because those are two different things. They yes, can they be the same person, um, but those are two different um, roles. Um, yeah. So that's something I would talk about. And I, I appreciate you telling me that because that changed the way 
um, I looked at my career, you know, so because um, I'm a kind of let's learn it all type of person. And I realized mm -hmm. sometimes you need that person to help you. Like I learned reporting, reporting that helps my manager make management make decisions. So now I can understand, all right, now I'm an individual contributor. All right, how is this help, helping the overall business? You know, right. taking myself out of it. You know, I like to play with the widgets, you know, a tech person. But if those widgets don't create more profitability for the company, then there's no point in me having this conversation, right? So that was something I would have never known. It took me longer to know, um, but my mentor and my sponsor was able to tell me that. So, you know, mm -hmm. I, I was going to say, and hopefully you found a sponsor who will be really honest with you. Okay. Um, I think there's a lot of sponsors and mentors who take on the job, but don't want to tell you something that's going to hurt your feeling, making sure that you find the sponsor that gives you that critical feedback. Cause you know, for example, and, and the reason why I say that is there's somebody, there's somebody that just came to my mind where it's like, you have to be, you have to be sure you pick someone who's willing to say, Hey, um, you are brilliant, but you've got to work on your executive presence or, Hey, you are, you have amazing executive presence, but you lack the chops in these two areas and your collaboration is weak. Um, it's not just somebody who's going to mentor you and pat you on the back and fluff you up. It's somebody who will be a true loyalist and give you the, the um, constructive feedback too. Yeah, that's critical. Cause I remember I had my mentor like slide, you're great executive presence, you're reporting and being succinct, you need some work. A lot of work. You, talk, <laughs> you, know, you know, you're too long-winded. That's good in your, your podcast, but it ain't good when you're trying yeah. to deliver a message to your, the management when you only got 15, you got maybe got 15 to 30 seconds. You mm -hmm. know, like, what's your 15-minute pitch? You know, I started rambling, like, that's not it. You know, like, I can't get to know. I need 15 minutes. So he gave me an assignment to go work on my 15-minute pitch. What yeah. would you tell me? You don't know who I am. You want me to get to know me. You want me to be, you want to be a manager within my company. Um, what would you tell me um, and why? And uh, so that, that's one of my assignments actually working on now, right? Again, something I knew I needed to work on, but then he actually gave me some homework to hold me accountable for it, you know? So that was kind of cool. I think we talked about this and for our next question is, in your opinion, what are some key qualities for, that are necessary for women to succeed in leadership? Um, collaboration, collaboration, collaboration. Um, <sighs> Finding a way in which you you share. I think a lot of us are intimidated um, at times, myself included. I'm speaking from experience. It's not a, you know, there are times where I'm thinking, oh my goodness, how am I going to convince this person who um, is incredibly skilled or talented in this particular area? And I, I know nothing and I don't want to be exposed because I, I've got some learning still to do in, in this area. But being transparent and authentic and collaborating when and where you need help and asking for that help, um, I found that people are genuinely, they, they'll take care of you. I think if you try to fake your way through it, it can be problematic. So one of the things that's been really helpful is, um, and what I mean by collaborating too, is being becoming well-rounded. Go learn how the different lines of business operate and function. And it will serve you very well when you are collaborating because you're able to articulate and communicate internally 
um, that you that you do have their back. You can demonstrate that and you get trust very quickly. And so a lot of people aren't very good at that. They come with their own agenda and topic in mind, but they haven't thought through the, okay, how does that impact Sly and the partner team? And you know, how can they drive greater partner success in these areas? And how is he measured and what does he need? And not a lot of people take the time to go learn all the areas of the business. So, you know, I think that that's a big one and getting some of that cross-functional learning and training in your own organization or in your customers' organization and environment can pay off in spades. I definitely would echo that again. The collaboration piece is, that's how you can find problems before it happens. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. You know, you can find projects that you're about to work on. And I can find, hey, Regina, you working on that now? I'm glad <laughs> I have because I was about to do the same thing and waste some time. Uh -huh. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you're just being vulnerable. And I remember uh, at Microsoft when I first came, they made us read a book, um, Dare to Lead uh, by Brene Brown. And it talked about being vulnerable, being able to say what you said. I don't know that, but I'm willing to learn, right? And because when you do that, people are like, okay, I'm willing to help. Um, and then that can just solve a lot of your problems, right? I know earlier in my career as a tech person, that was hard for me. It's like, my biggest fear is going in front of a, account when I became a traveling engineer and not knowing what to say. And then my senior rep was like, that's going to happen. Like this, accept it. That's going to happen. Just know how you're going to respond to that. You know, that's a fantastic question, Regina. At this time, I don't know that, but let's take this offline and let's work on it. And then Regina's like, okay, that's great slide. We'll get back to it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and then you get the answer because no one really cares how you got the answer. They want to know that you can get the answer. Right. And then sometimes I would find a the senior reps would do that intentionally because they know you don't know it. They want to see if you're willing to say you don't know it because then they can trust <laughs> you. And you can, yeah. you can play that yeah. game too. So it was, um, yeah. that was really good advice. I think that's something that we all can leverage and learn from is um, collaboration because especially like in a large organization like Microsoft, that tends to happen where you become siloed. And mm -hmm. you know, like, hey, Sly, what is uh, the sales team doing? I'm like, I have no idea. You know, but then what I started doing is proactively calling those teams. Hey, what do you do? You know, um, so then when you do call, hey, I do know what they're doing, Regina. This is how, this is who you should talk to just to save you some time. And then you appreciate it from your role. So that, that, that was great. Um, I know you tend not to talk about your personal accomplishment because as a leader, your, your proudest accomplishment is your subordinates, the people on your team, mm -hmm. you know. But if you can recall, what's one of your proudest accomplishments in your career? I'm going to say that it has yet to happen yet. Mm, there, there are a few, there are a few moments where I think about as a team, we had some pretty significant accomplishments, but when I think ahead of what, what our team today is planning for and working towards, um, I'm most excited about that. So can I come back someday and share, share that with you? hundred percent. Yeah. We had our first lady who came back to share her story when she went from an individual contributor to a manager and Love share it. that experience. So yes, we will definitely um, hold you to that. We'll get back to you in a few years or a few months or whatever time it takes. So that's that's a good answer though. It's yet to be created, so that's great. Right. Um, I guess something, let's take it back a little bit. Some of the people who watch this podcast are now starting out in their technology career. Mm. Um, they're very intimidated. Because, you know, in tech, we, we, we talk in jargons, we talk in acronyms, 
-hmm. what would you share with someone um, who's now getting started in their tech career? Well, I'm going to encourage everyone to always be learning. You know, you, you said it, you said, I, I figured out, I didn't know something I needed to know and I go figure it out. It's yeah. so like you are the, the poster child for, for what it takes to be successful in, in technology. Um, because if you don't know something, you want to go figure it out. So if you want to be successful, you, you have to be willing to go get that knowledge. You have to be willing to roll up your sleeves and learn. And whether that's, you know, I, I don't write code today. I, I, I have a lot of wonderful people I work with who are highly technical and, and today I'm on the business side and, and with, with our customers and our partners. And so that's where I felt like that's where my strengths were. So identify very quickly what your strengths are and you can do that in tech. You can be in marketing mm -hmm. and tech. You can be in HR in tech. You can like, we need more women representation in the tech sector. It's not all about, um, you know, the technology itself. If you find a technology that excites you, get two inches deep in knowledge and learning and go apply for the job that, that really will allow you to build upon your strengths. And so I think that's a, that's a big one where a lot of people think, oh, if I'm going to go work for an ISV or if I'm going to go work for a CSP or I'm going to go um, work in the channel somewhere that I have to be highly technical. And that's, that's not always true. But if that is your passion, don't ever stop learning. Uh, you know, look at what good grief, look at what's happening in AI right now and the changes that are happening so rapidly. Um, if you don't have a voracious appetite for constantly learning, it's going to be, it, it'll be harder. Correct. And I, I will add on that is make sure you try to join a group. Um, hmm. You can join a council, like the Women in Tech Network, mm -hmm. Girls at Code. Um, it's like a plethora of groups in there. Um, for men and women to join. Because one thing I did is I got, sort of, I guess, indoctrinated with multiple tech groups or techies. So then I would understand that. But when I want to make that transition into business and leadership, I go hang out with owners. Um, I go to um, different events. I go to lawyer events, legal events. I go to finance events. I go to reporting events because that's where I know that that's what they're doing. So then I can become a student of that but that all goes back to the curiosity to learn and not being afraid to ask people for help. You know, sometimes you will get told, no, people are busy. We all have lives. You got families in addition to our job. So you will get that. No, but that no might be a not now. Um, do you right. have the tenacity to take that? No, and turn it and then follow up and in the future year. And, you know, sometimes that maybe that's just my sales and marketing background, but, you know, I always been, you know, a not now. Right. And, you know, I hear a no, you know, not now. And I come back to it. And then you could keep trying to learn, meet people. Um, there's so many events. And now the events after COVID are online. I give you an example. I work at Microsoft, but I signed up for the Google Next, um, their, um, their mm -hmm. tech event. So mm -hmm. I can watch and learn about that and data and AI. Why not? Why wouldn't I want to know about what's going on there? Why would I want to know what's going on at AWS? Why do I want to know know what's going on in Crayon and what they're doing, what contributions that their leadership is doing? So that's some of the stuff I would add on there is, is um, it's going to be challenging. It's nights that I, the last little bit of hair I do have left, I'm pulling out because I'm trying <laughs> to make that, 
that leap because you always there's always another level you can get to. It's up to mm-hmm. you just to define what level you're comfortable at. And whether that's an individual contributor or that's a senior executive, right? There's still another level you can get to. Um, and that's the that's the beauty of this thing. But it's um, you know, it's, if you love learning, this is gonna be a great area for you. So um, I did want to get into the next question is I had the the honor, the privilege to work with you. And there's some amazing women in there. Can you share some of the the women within your the company that are contributing and you know to your company's advancement? Because I don't know how many of my audience know about Crayon. Oh, I I that's it's hard to even know where to start, but I am so grateful for the organization that I'm part of. Um, our global CEO is a woman. Um and she fosters an environment of diversity, which is fantastic. Um, and truly, I think that, you know, from, from data scientists to um, who, who, are, who are doing some amazing work in the agricultural space, in the, um, in the legal profession, we have female data scientists who are in the healthcare profession, who are helping detect uh, signs of colon cancer far advanced uh, before the actual cancer can be detected. The, those are all projects and areas where we've got women who are um, either in data science or in sales and in front of the customer working together with customer to modernize their businesses. And so I would, I would even tell you that um, in Crayon US, our executive leadership team is 50% female. I don't know any other IT organization in the channel who's 50-50, which is more representative of the population of the planet. Um, And so I'm very proud of that, but we're focused on it and we're really thinking about how can we set the tone and lead by example in the market? And, And you have to put a lot of effort behind it, but it's also about doing everything that we can to attract young girls to this industry and to um, and towards technology technical professions, because um, we've got some amazing women like Melissa Mulholland who are are really trailblazers in helping lead women in tech, and then um, working on building our network to make sure that we continue to drive that um, within our organization and that we give everyone equal opportunity. Uh, within their technical professions or non-technical professions in our business and, and really trying to demonstrate to the market that we we're sincere about it. That's fantastic. I think we also know you're sincere about it when you have 50-50. And I, I met some of the ladies that there and they, they're really great. So um, kudos, you know, that's great for Crayon. I continue. I love working with you, you guys. And um, it's a, that's a fantastic story. And I know we're getting closer to the end of this podcast, I did want to touch on, I know you're a member of the board of Women Executive Channel Advisory Network. Can you tell me a little bit more about that role and, you know, how do you contribute to it? Oh, I'd love to tell you about that. So um, I am so honored to be part of this group of women um, who really are about driving women in technology into VP and higher levels. So there's a lot of wonderful organizations like WIC and WIT and um, a a lot of great 
organizations and teams, but this board is uh, comprised of executive women in the, um, in the IT channels, mostly tied to the CSPs, who are all about helping cultivate women who are now in mid-management and at the director level, who want that VP and above title and working towards the boardroom. And so this organization has an opportunity that you know managerial level women can join, participate, come, learn, and grow. And then we're also always looking for more board members who can help foster the mission and drive the mission overall within the organization. We have a lot of opportunities coming up in the fall. For example, we're doing a webinar on executive presence um, for women that's coming up here pretty soon. So you can go to um, Women Executive Channel Advisory Network or We Can online and, and look at those opportunities. We're also on LinkedIn and I would encourage um, anyone who has dreams of being um, it, at the executive table to, to come check us out and um, follow us on LinkedIn. Um, we're, we are here in full support, full volunteer organization that, that wants to help. I think that's what we touched on about before, right? Being able to you know define where you want to go. And then when you get there, finding like-minded individuals who got this, who's on the same journey as you. They might yeah. be a little bit further, maybe a little bit behind, or they're on the same level, but you're in it together. And I think that's what we can is about, right? Is helping you take that next step and probably helping remove those obstacles before you get there. So then you already know how to navigate through the complexities of being in that senior leadership role. So that's fantastic. So we, we have to end. Before I let you go, Regina, because this has been absolutely delightful. How can my audience get in contact with you? I'm on LinkedIn, Regina Manfredi, M-A-N-F-R-E-D-I. Um, connect with me on LinkedIn, send me an IM note, um, and then just Regina.Manfredi at Crayon, as well as another great way to reach me. And Sly, I'm, I'm so grateful that you, you asked me to be here, um, and I learned from you too, so thank you for this. Oh, you're welcome. This is outstanding. And guys and gals, make sure to send her a message and tell them that Sly sent you. And until next time, Sly Gittins and Regina are out. Peace.